Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Welcome back for episode 41 of Lymphedema Podcast. I hope you are all having a great week. I'm preparing to slow things down for the holiday months that are now here. And just so you know, I will be taking some time off from the podcast starting in December. The podcast will return January 20th. Don't worry, I will still have some shows released in December for you. This past year has been nothing short of amazing, from meeting many of you at conferences or via social media, to meeting some of the leading experts in the world on lymphedema as I searched for the best information to give you. It has not been easy, but man, has it been worth every late night of editing or writing. I'm dedicating the month of December to the episodes you have loved the most. Each week I will post a review episode to celebrate the great year we've had. Now, to the real talk. This topic has been a long time coming. Just about every new patient that comes into the clinic has asked me this question. Many of you have reached out to me on social media or email with the same concern. Why doesn't my doctor know anything about lymphedema? Does that sound familiar? That, my friend, is the million-dollar question that I can answer. So please mail your checks to... Just kidding. The answer is no secret, so it's free. Med school programs spend less than 30 minutes on the lymphatic diseases. Ultimately, the lymphatic system is the most understudied system in the body. It's understood to be the sewer system of the body. But my question is this. When your home has sewer problems like clogged pipes, overflowing toilets, leaking pipes, isn't there about 50 options for plumbers in the yellow pages? Why aren't there medical doctors just as readily available when you have lymphedema, weeping skin, or congested lymphatics. According to a peer-reviewed article published in January of 2019, secondary lymphedema affects 1 in 1,000 Americans, while primary lymphedema affects 1 in 100,000 Americans. Let's look at some numbers now. Mid-year, it was estimated that the United States population was 325,064,917. If the occurrence of primary lymphedema is 1 in 100,000, then there are 3,290 cases of primary lymphedema, give or take. That doesn't sound like many in the grand scheme of things, but what about this? If doctors are unable to identify the disease due to their limited education on this specific system, How are they able to diagnose the disease accurately? I would imagine that unless you have an extremely obvious case or 
happen to be one of the unicorn doctors that's taken the time to learn more about lymphedema and the lymphatics, you wouldn't be able to make that diagnosis. It's just my opinion, so take it or leave it. I believe the occurrence of primary lymphedema is more common than that total number of diagnoses affected. Let's look at secondary. To remind you, the mid-year population was estimated at 329,064,917 in the U.S. And the occurrence rate for secondary lymphedema is 1 in 1,000. That is an estimated 329,065 Americans living with secondary lymphedema today. Again, I'm only stating my opinion here. I believe this number is directly related to the link between cancer treatment and lymphedema. Other causes like crush injuries, orthopedic surgeries, and paralysis aren't clearly represented in the occurrence rate. Lymphedema and lipedema are chronic conditions that could make you feel scared and alone. The good news is you are not alone. In fact, you are part of an ever-growing community of people living their lives to the fullest. Jobst developed a free program called LymphCare to educate, support, and connect you with the rest of the community. On LymphCareUSA.com, you can access things like informational blogs, listen to patient stories, and webinars by healthcare professionals. You can also find out about local and national events, exchange ideas with healthcare professionals, professionals and patients, as well as track your condition. So what are you waiting for? Go to LymphCareUSA.com now to become part of the fastest growing lymphedema and lipedema community. Based on my experience and based on my patients' questions, I've created five things I wish every doctor understood about the lymphatic system slash lymphedema. Each of these points are real patient cries for help. And I'll explain each point in detail, but honestly, there's way more than five points I can make. One, it's not a disease that only fat people get. I don't know how many times I've heard, my doctor told me if I lose weight, the lymphedema will go away. False. If you lose weight, you will likely have decreased volume, increased mobility, increased range of motion, and overall better health. The truth is, most people who are obese have a large stomach that sits in their lap. Usually this occurs when they're sitting, but sometimes it can be large enough to compress when they're standing. This puts pressure on the lymphatic channels that return lymph fluid from the lower extremities. If you lose weight and decrease the pressure on these channels, the fluid is able to return to the thoracic duct, resulting in improved circulation of the lymphatic fluid. Once you have lymphedema, you're not likely to be cured as it damages lymphatic vessels, which do not regenerate. People get lymphedema not because they're a certain size, color, or background. Lymphedema is a disease that does not discriminate. Two, lymphedema is not an indigence disease. Similar to the statement I just made, lymphedema does not discriminate. Rich or poor, it doesn't matter. What is significant for people who would be classified as poor or indigent is their access to resources and assistance. Without treatment, the condition will worsen to the point of disability. Three, babies can be born with lymphedema. Since meeting parents of babies who are born with lymphedema, I have become hyper aware of the unique challenges to proper diagnosis in children. When I was first told by a mother that her OBGYN informed her that her son's feet would need to be drained after birth 
due to swelling they could see on the sonogram, I was in shock. I couldn't believe that was the only option she was given. It was months, if not a year or so, later that he was finally diagnosed with primary lymphedema. Sonographers, OBGYNs, and labor and delivery nurses should be aware of the cause for swelling in utero or at birth. Lymphedema, lymphatic malformations, and other lymphatic diseases can be present at birth, just like a cleft palate, spina bifida, and heart defects. Those are diagnosed right away. Why isn't lymphedema? For lymphedema does not look the same on everybody. And by that, I mean every body, not everyone, but every body. Distal involvement may or may not be present in everyone, meaning the hands or feet may not be swollen. Proximal swelling may be the only symptoms, truncal or chest swelling. Or there may be completely different presentations than a textbook would say. Just because it doesn't look like you expect it to look, it doesn't mean it's not lymphedema. I mean, come on. Heart attacks look like heartburn, right? Five, diuretics will not cure you. Water pills remove excess water. Lymph fluid has a higher concentration of proteins than water. So if you remove excess water, the lymph fluid becomes thicker and cannot be removed easily by the already compromised lymphatic system. I would like to see an actual study on lymph fluid that is hydrated with proper water intake versus lymph of someone who is taking a diuretic. If your swelling is controlled by a diuretic, you likely do not have lymphedema, but rather another form of edema caused by something else. Let's do a quick review before I close up. Doctors need your help because they have limited education on the lymphatic system and lymphatic diseases. The more research you can do, the more education you can get and provide them with medical articles, peer-reviewed journals, the better you will be at educating them. There are more than 330,000 people living with lymphedema in the U.S. Remember, you are not alone. And as always, keep fighting for a diagnosis. Listen to your body. If it's telling you that it's something more, it's not something a water pill is going to fix, losing weight isn't solving the problem, keep fighting for a diagnosis. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the five things people wish their doctor knew about lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode. 